Udoy Garingo is a good friend of mine who has been working in the startup scene in Cebu for a very long time. She is a general manager of the company Cebu, a co-working slash startup incubating space, which is well-loved by its members. In today's episode, we talk about startups, hustling, trying to find your purpose, and God. I hope you do enjoy this episode. Hi, Joy. Welcome to my podcast. Hey, thank you so much. I feel very welcome already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the, thank for, you for inviting me. <laughs> for the listeners, we were we had like a very long discursion where we had to like let off some nerves because we're both not used to this podcast thing. True, true. Yeah. Uh, so, Joy, uh, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and like uh, what, what you'll be talking about in the podcast today, like a briefer for everyone who's, who'll be listening. All right. So now, um, yeah, Joy Garingo, right? And I'm the general manager of the company Cebu, which is a co-working space. Um, we're an international co-working space, but most of our branches are not based in the Philippines, but are all based, mostly are based in Japan. Um, my background is in uh, teaching, psychology, uh, not teaching psychology, but teaching and psychology. Um, and I consider, you know, like social work in the background, uh, a little bit of freelancing in graphic design and writing. Um, so that's sort of like um, my main things that are super helpful in the job that I do now. And so you like your poster child for like the hustling millennial kind of? Sort of, yeah. yeah I, I can say that. Hustling like a millennial list. with a heart. No, can it, what? It's like a laundry list of all like the things that millennials struggle with. Like, yeah, just hustling with a little graphic design, <laughs> teaching on the side, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the, the older generation doesn't have like a taste in terms of no, no please edit that out <laughs> <laughs> no it's what i'm yeah, trying to say is like the millennials are more in tune with their visual um communication skills i want to see how you get out of this one yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah and then because we know the tech that should be used right to create <laughs> visuals and graphics you mean yes. computers <laughs> okay, sure. And iPads, like the one that you have with you. Anyway. <laughs> what is this? What is this? Are you calling okay. out for my flex? Yeah. Okay. No. No. Yeah. No, no. So when you were a teacher, what did you what did you teach? Um, a lot of things. But okay, I was a Bible teacher first, a Bible school teacher first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, That's a lot are you interested in that? Yeah. <laughs> a lot, right? Me personally no. I don't see how it applies to my life. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Just, just just looking for ways to get triggered. No? <laughs> yeah, very triggering, especially during these times, right? The the conflict anyway. <laughs> okay. So you... <laughs> I am actually Oh never mind. Okay. Well, no, I know, I know. Let's not I go like... down that road. <laughs> this is turning into a different podcast. But anyway, so um I was a Bible school teacher first. I taught um I I think I started when I was thirteen thirteen years old. And then um I I would uh, be an assistant to my mom who's like the main Sunday school teacher and then I teach kids and then that was the first brush with teaching the second brush was when um, I decided to um, become like a Sunday school leader I don't know you can't relate you know no, not at but, all. okay good so um, and then <laughs> after that 
I then went on and became like a curriculum developer for um, vacation Bible schools. It it sounds fancy, but it's not really fancy, or or it's nothing complicated, but like um I would just um help design what the Bible school would be for that year, like the the content of of the classes that we would hold, and then um design activities, design the flow, and then um train help train the teachers, yada yada yada, and 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 yeah that that was like the one, that was one big part of my life that really impacted how I see the world now and what I think is meaningful. Um, and and what, then, is, what is meaningful? What is meaningful for me? Contributing to society, doing good, encouraging people to do good, okay. encouraging people to help each other. You know, the, the usual Christian value, man, is um, I am not as... Imp- uh, I, you know, it's, it's my neighbor is more important than I, so I'll look after my neighbor. That's the love debate. The, 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 what, what Jesus said, right? Yeah, because heathens are incapable of love. So. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not referring to heathens. I'm like re- referring to like what I was born into, right? Like uh, Jesus taught, uh, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then love God. If you love God, you love your neighbor. So that's what's meaningful to me. Um, how I show love to my neighbor and how I serve the neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other than myself. So that has influenced me a lot. And then my first um, formal stint, the one that I really got paid for, um, the teaching job. Because Jesus didn't pay well enough. Don't, don't say that. He paid well enough because he died for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of Christians are going to relate. But anyway, so um, <laughs> what are we talking about? Anyway, so... Um, Okay. So. Uh, for the listeners, if she goes a bit quiet, it's because she's covering her face as she responds. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, first formal stint that I got paid for as a teacher was um, at an English school. It was not the normal English school because the English that we taught there was business English. And um, business, by business English, I mean um, the classes would be meetings, like um, role-playing meetings, role-playing presentations, board meetings, etc., etc. Even like um, taking calls from the most basic, right? Uh-huh. So that's the type of um, business English that we uh, cover in this particular school. And in this particular school, most of the students, all, yeah, most of the students are businessmen and women. Mm. So um, that's the thing that really um, helped me um, fast track this this career that I have. And then before that, before I became an English school teacher, I was already, uh, I was trying to get a degree. Uh, No, I was trying to get the diploma in professional education Mm -hmm. because um, when I, okay, my bachelor is psychology, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I finished uh, psychology, I went on this um, Bible camp after passing the psychometrician board exam. Then when I went and uh, experienced the whole Bible camp in in Jensan, this was where the venue was, um, I then felt the longing and the need to serve God. Mm. Not Rami's like smiling now. Not not my God though. Of course, Rami. <laughs> okay, Allah. <laughs> okay, so... Cancelled! Cancelled! <laughs> I don't even have any business. <laughs> anyway, so... Allah, it'll be like a picket outside, you know? <laughs> just 
not in the contract. Anyway, so yeah, and then I felt a really strong longing and and um need and want to serve God in through teaching, through teaching. And then that's when I decided to um pursue uh, get a diploma in professional education so that I can take the licensure exam for teachers and if I get my license I would then go back to Jensan and become a teacher there for the rest of my life and be of service to that area you know uh, Lake Cebu it's where the Tiboli tribes are are yeah yeah my my girlfriend actually buys like weeds yes, from them yes yeah. exactly so yeah. that area that's why it's super that that area is super close to me because that's where I wanted to serve um and then right so while i was getting my diploma in professional education was, uh i i had classes and then it was super boring at times because it was just that so i said okay let's get a job somewhere and then um i was like asking everyone like uh um do you know anyone who's looking for someone with my skill set and then one of my classmates uh, DPE um his name is Jim And then he said, "Oh, hiring among school, and then there's like a signing bonus, and then and at the same time, if if they hire you, and then I'm na referral fee ba, so tunga ta and apply lang good feel na ko ma, ingon siya feel na ko madawat daw ko nako, and then resign lang if they go interested, yeah, at least tunga misa referral, and then yeah, so I applied. So how did your scam go? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it went." I think it went beyond what I expected it to be, but anyway. So yeah, and then I applied, and after a few months, I think it was December that I got accepted. Two thousand sixteen, Siguro seventeen. My long dates are like really long time ago, and then that's when I, I know that's when I became an ESL teacher. That's where I met um the boss, uh, no, ma, ma, the CEO of this company that I'm working for now, and um, mind you. Uh, I was not when when he hired me. I was not part of um that school anymore. <laughs> okay, mga rumors diha, but anyway, so I was not part of it anymore, and I didn't know he was this student of mine. Um, was planning to put up a business in Cebu in the Philippines gotcha. in general. Mm. So when I resigned because I wanted to focus now on my DPE, kay they were requiring us to report to city central like for i know city central school like a practice teaching so before we get our diplomas we have to prove right that we know what we're doing mm. the, sorry to uh, to prove that i, I would hope that it. you know what you're of doing of course right because you're teaching young people and then yeah impressionable youngs in mind yes. yeah minds and youngs yes. young minds yeah okay go yeah. ahead <laughs> <laughs> see, let's see how you get out of this but okay. <laughs> It's just Alzheimer's, don't worry. <laughs> it's a tick. Anyway, so um that's that's what basically happened, right? And then um when I resigned and then I I taught at uh, City Central because of practice teaching and then one day um my colleague, uh, one of my closest colleagues, um Gliza, she got in touch with me and then she said, "Hey Joy, um I know that uh, you're the only person that I know that likes posting on Facebook." Why don't you post some things for this company? Yada yada yada. I'm like, ah, uh, can we meet? I don't really understand what the product or what the service is. So we met and then we sort of talked about what a co-working space is. Mm. Didn't really understand it at first, 
And then mm. when I was researching it, I thought, oh, like a fancier cafe. Like that was what I thought about the working space with an uh, with a community aspect. And then so I was bored, right? And I said, okay, sige, kanang, let's let's do that. And then I'll I'll just post man, diba? Do I need to report to work every day? And she's like, no, just you know, a few times a week. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. That's where it all started. I said yes, and then I then found out na the owner of that business was my student. Mm-hmm. So it was ano na, not too late, but like I sort of said yes na to Gliza. And then Gliza is the mm, is like the one working closely with Masa. Ah, okay. I was under the impression he pirated you. No. Okay. No. <laughs> no, it it wasn't like that. Like I already resigned. Right, and then they contacted me, and then that was really the, kanang the <clears throat> exchange. And then I said yes, and then and then after that, um, uh, what do you call this? And while I was doing that, I was also, um, applying for a job in one of the tech companies here, um, in their foundation, Namsay Foundation. So they're they're like main companies, a tech company. Arcanis, and then they have a foundation, and then their foundation usually services um the young kids din he sa apasil kano mga kwanba very what do you call that there's the marginalized communities nga high risk nga communities yeah to use the woke terms yeah shit yeah <laughs> I'm trying to not get <laughs> <laughs> not get canceled yeah canceled any more than I am yeah well, five I minutes ago with Anna digging my grave and digging my grave deeper and deeper is uh-huh. this podcast a good idea <laughs> so I have a thousand um, listeners <laughs> no I'm you, I think you will but anyway um so that that's that's the thing and then um yeah I was working and then I got uh I got accepted as a researcher and numerator there and then um while that was going on I was also doing um the work with the company just posting stuff right and then it got serious siguro <laughs> yeah it got serious and then they told me hey we're seriously opening na in kanang December but we're going to have like an opening party on I guess it was November siguro November mm. or and there were free then. drinks so you decided free. why not no, no, I'm not. I'm not the that type yet. But anyway, <laughs> I wasn't that type of girl yet. Remember church? You know? <laughs> I wanted to serve God and Jensen. So like, I I still have that. But Jesus was a fan of wine. I mean, sure, sure. <laughs> he made this stuff. This guy. I don't know I, if you know. You know, you're gonna get canceled. Yes, of course I know. But like, don't say it like that. <laughs> don't say it like that. But anyway, hey, don't let help me dig my grave. You know. <laughs> so yeah. So um. Uh, anyway, uh, Jesus then, was in the Quran too. I mean, why do you keep on bringing up Jesus like that? <laughs> why do you keep on bringing up Jesus? You talk about like him like he's a stranger to me. I know who he is. Of course, everyone knows who he is. That's not yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, you Christ. brought him up first, <laughs> but not as a topic, but more like as a intention. Like why the reason for being? Oh, can you relate to that? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> thought so. Anyway, <laughs> should be right because or else you'll get this on. <laughs> what is it? I'll be sent into the desert. Is that it? Oh, <laughs> and then you'd have to. What do you call that? The pilgrimage. What's the 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 Hajj? Darsh. Oh, see, you like Allah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just making statements. I wasn't asking you any questions. You were the one see, being so you know, awkward. I feel like. <laughs> okay. So anyway, 
why did we anyway so um i think that that was what happened no? and then i was um hired right as a researcher enumerator and then um and then they decided to open and then they were like hey joy can you help us organize this opening reception party and i'm like oh sure Sige, what do i have to do okay so you tell everyone that there's a party here <laughs> and then we're expecting uh you should invite more people because you know um a lot of um japanese partners are coming in mm-hmm. for this party and i never thought na a big deal right partners and then i also never I don't know, maybe in ato paka limited ako ang network at that time. But yeah. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Ingan na lang yun, di ba, right? When you're starting. So I was tasked to, ano, um, put up a guest list and populate the guest list. And then, um, what you call this, translate the PR that we were gonna seed sa newspapers here. Mm-hmm. And then I was also tasked to boost the Facebook um, event and <clears throat> market the opening of this new co-working space mm-hmm. mind you which this industry i didn't really know much about mm-hmm. and then yes i did this right and then um it's almost like all that time in sunday school didn't prepare you for life oh but it did <laughs> <laughs> but it did so like you know what um facebook really uh, helped me a lot in that sense <laughs> When like we were inviting people to come to the opening reception party, <laughs> so that's where the Sunday school sessions came in handy because like Sunday school, being a Sunday school teacher, you'd have to be really confident with these. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> gotcha, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Little little kids and then their family, so you'd have to be super confident, you know, when you're speaking about the Bible because these are facts. <laughs> Rami sure. smiling in a certain way, by sure. the way. Just just like how you just like how you compute for the age of the planet by adding up the ages of everyone in the Bible, right? No. Where did you get that information? Oh That's I, not true. Who told you that? Well, we don't have to go into sources. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. I think you're hanging Are dinosaurs the real? Are what? dinosaurs real? They could be. So so when Adam and Eve were around there were dinosaurs in the Garden of Eden. You know what Deuteronomy 29, 28, 28 says? What, there are things what? that are not revealed to us, and rightfully so. See? <laughs> so it sanctions, it, it, it sanctions. It permits ignorance. No, it permits that. There are just things in the world that we cannot know. Okay. Wait, just for the listeners, we're not we're not exchanging passive aggressive. This is really how we talk to each other, because we, <laughs> the we both like we this. both have very we both like to engage in the sin of pride, and so sin we like we like showing each other up intellectually, and so that Somehow. translates into this very passive aggressive conversation. Yeah, <laughs> but I think though Rami, I I'd be like uh, Rami is very intellectually <laughs> aggressive, and right because you know number one he's a lawyer. Number two, he's a lawyer. Number three, he's a lawyer. So, <laughs> of course. So, but yeah, the disclaimer, this is how we talk. We're not mad at each other. It's uh-huh. just how we are. Um, so, I think... Anyway, so... Sorry. Yeah, so you were, you, were, you were taking care of the, the party. Yeah, right? I was taking care of the party. And mind you, like, when we were trying to... Because I didn't know anyone in the business community. What I did was I relied on the contacts that I already have. Mm-hmm. And then I contacted these people and then asked them to invite people for me. And I invited them. And then I would re- message all the random Facebook pages. And I would say, hey, come here. Or I would search the word startup, right? In the Facebook ano, mm-hmm. um, search bar. And then all the pages that would show up and all the people that would show up, I stalked them, I followed them. 
them and then I messaged them seriously. And Sunday school taught you this? Yes. Gotcha. No. <laughs> uh, Sunday school gave... Siguro, like, being a Sunday school teacher opened me up to a lot of interactions with people. Mm-hmm, you know, gotcha. the, and I wasn't super shy anymore. Like, I wasn't shy of new people, meeting mm-hmm. new people. And also, like, in my college days, um, I did... Uh, I was, like, sort of like a... I'm, I don't think it's a politician, but, like, I, ha- I was a leader of the orgs, right? So, like, no, Student org, leader, yeah, yeah. Student leader. Um, yeah, right? So, I had, like, very uh, good experience when it comes to dealing with other people. And mm. I wasn't, like, super shy anymore mm. by the time I was inviting. So, that was how everything started, right? And your question was... <laughs> Uh, well, teacher. no, no, no. Uh, the, the, this is like an interesting tangent because this is, this is like a moment for me to be able to like inject like a little bit of the reason why I invited you onto the podcast because I actually know a lot of people that begin with the same uh, premise that you began with in your professional life, you know, an English teacher. And like, correct me if I'm wrong at any point, feel free to tell me to shove it. Of uh, course, I sh- I'll shove it really hard. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't okay. wording, no, no, no. phrasing. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, a lot of people I know, right, they become an English teacher because they don't really have any direction, at least professionally. And yet, here you are now, with, began with that, with that uh, starting point, which is admittedly very aimless. And now you're mm. working really hard to, in this company whose mission that you very thoroughly believe in. Like, I've seen you here back when I was starting my law practice. Mm. And you would be up just as late as I would if I was working on something, mm. right? Working on this company. And uh, that was that was something that struck me because I had this image of people who go into ESL, like they're in it to make a quick buck and they're not mm. really sure what else to do with their time. But you made something of that experience, you know? Or at least it was a stepping stone, truthfully, to something more in your life, which is why, which is, which is a pattern I don't see many people replicate, mm. right? So how is it that the company... Uh, became such a big part of your life what what made you fall in love with it if i can ask people mm-hmm. like relationships and people and um i think uh, your co-workers were the ones that kind of got you into it right of course and mind you that was very important to me when i uh when i had my first job right i wouldn't work and stay at a company that i didn't believe the people that are running it you know and 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 to be quite frank, the reason why I also left, one of the reasons why it was easy for me to leave the ESL job was because of the management, right? I, I won't be shy and, and, you know, I won't play coy and say it wasn't the case. I don't care how many enemies I make. I have enemies now, right? So why not add more? But anyway, so management for me is very important. Um, and, and when I, so yeah, when I met, uh, met the group, like, uh, Gliza. Gliza is such a close friend of mine. We, she loves literature. I consider her my mentor, one of my mentors. Um, I love the way that she thinks about life and hanging out more with her as we work is a very beautiful experience in itself. And hanging, no, not hanging out, like um, receiving tasks from people that I don't normally understand because they're foreign and their mindsets don't really make sense, you know? Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. Was rewarding in a sense that, oh, this is such a good challenge. Like, it was a good puzzle to solve. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. And um, it was the, motivating, maybe. Yeah. Motivating because they had different standards than the usual standards. Higher? I was higher, yeah. And sometimes, uh, so, sometimes their standards I wouldn't really understand their standards. Like why, why do you expect Filipinos or you know we're already like this? For example, in Japan, um, it was common for. Uh, one store to only have one attendant, and that attendant would clean the store, would man the cash re- register, would do everything. So it's very normal there. You're the receptionist, you're everything, you know. Here in the Philippines, it's different, right? Like, it's one person per task. Yeah. Like, that's your domain, that's your domain. And another thing that I see, like, as uh, very di- different and, and very peculiar not peculiar. I don't think that's the right word to use. But like, um, I think when I, when, so my boss would also clean, you know, the mm-hmm. toilets and everything. Mm-hmm. He hadn't had any, he didn't have any issue. And mm-hmm. that was one behavior that I didn't quite see with Filipinos, like Filipino bosses. Ba? Mm-hmm. So that for me, and his reasoning behind it too was interesting. Like I was like, why are you okay with that? And then he's like, it's just cleaning. We're taking care of what is ours, right? So why what's some what why is what is so lowly about that? And then that type of thinking sort of like um intrigued me enough <laughs> to still stay in the game. Like there are a lot of times where I where he would say something, my boss would say something, why do you think that way? And then he would explain, right? And I'm like, Oh, that's a very beautiful way to think and I haven't um, met someone who thought that way. So given his position, given right? his position, given his, and also like the the cultural differences too, right? So that one, that part of me staying at the company, like that, that's one of the reasons why I find it very motivating to work, continue working with this company. I don't see it as working for, but I work with a company, a group of people that I like. And then next, um, people, right? The bicep people. So the first one, okay, employer and the colleagues. Um, they're very unique people. I've never quite met people like them in like in Anakadaghan in one setting, but like all of them are like that. That many you know in what one I mean? setting, yeah. Yeah. And then um in most Siguro in most environments, like Siguro in a room of ten people, maybe one of them are like that, two of them are like that. But in this case, it was like three people lang, but all of them are like that. So it's like, oh, kanang kanindut anina environment, right? And it's not so toxic. So anyway, um, and then the people that I would meet because of this job, like people like you, right? If I worked at a different type of space, at a classroom, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't meet people who had really good aspirations for themselves like aspirations that i wouldn't think of having you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. and by, by this like by this i mean not to compare but like i i don't mean it that way now one aspiration is better than the other mm-hmm. i mean like it's so unique their aspirations are so unique that i i can't begin to understand it when they tell the, their aspirations to me but i want to know why their aspirations are like that and when why and when i uncover why their aspirations are like that it's such a beautiful experience for me marisha gets like um it's like a, a reading a really good story a really good novel and like um going back 
to what my childhood, right? I really enjoy stories. I really enjoy books. So, working at a co-working space, I was like meeting living books. And I think because of that, and then the best part is I have relationships with this with these books. Whereas, like when I read a book, do I have a relationship with a book? That's that's one sided, right? Some people would argue that they had a really intimate relationship with Twilight, though. Oh, why that that book? <laughs> or Fifty Shades of Grey? Now, see, yeah, yeah. I was I was not. No, that's not a book. That's not even literature. It's just decorate. I don't know. I don't even think it. Anyway, so. Why are we talking about? But anyway, relationship so, with the books, yeah. Yeah, really. No, I was trying to say why are we talking about? Uh, what's that book? Fifty Shades of Grey. Because you have to have like a raunchy reference in a podcast, otherwise the listeners get bored. <laughs> sure, let them get bored. <laughs> um, they're not the target audience then. If they get bored, right? So anyway, so that's that's sort of like the the reason why I. I still find myself working on really tough things like this, and given that I'm just an employee, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, "Oh, you don't own a stake or something like that." I'm okay with that. I really find beauty in what I do, and in uncovering the aspirations of people, learning what their stories are. Um, I love introducing them to each other and see how they can bring meaning to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Community building in a mm-hmm. sense that introducing people and seeing the chemistry, ba. Mm-hmm. And and not not chemistry in a love love but like chemistry in terms of how they can enri- enrich each other, mm-hmm. uh, companionship mm-hmm. business right, mm-hmm. um in Anna so that's that's why and plus the, it's challenging enough in Anna there are so many tasks to do, and because it's an international working space I can work with foreigners right mm-hmm. and that for me is very very ano very very refreshing because every day i always have the opportunity to learn about different mindsets other than what i'm accustomed to mm-hmm. and this is all something that you know you were able to get to uh working with foreigners mm. given that very aimless starting point you know and like it, it, it's i mean of course you have you have jesus and everything and that directs your life jesus is a foreigner <laughs> yeah he <laughs> I'm actually like ethnically closer sure. to Jesus than you are, <laughs> you know. So true. in that but way, in, in, like, I'm closer. <laughs> Man looks at outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. <laughs> That's a burst. So, so then thing. I'm I'm a good representative of men. Uh, no. Uh, anyway, before before I'm tempted to make other much worse jokes. Uh, uh, actually, in my in my own uh, capacity, I actually. Because I'm the vice chair of one of the networking committees of the Export Development Council. And one of my jobs, one of my formal uh, jobs is to comment on the laws that are pending in Congress. Mm. Right? And that experience really hits me very hard. Because I'm right now uh, working on commenting on certain laws that would permit more or less foreign expenditure into the Philippines. Or Mm -hmm. foreign investment into the Philippines. And that is something that is so hard to convey that sometimes the foreign employers are better. And a lot of the times, they are better. Yes. Right? Mm. And uh, it's kind of infuriating because coming from the business community, like you see people who are really vested in gatekeeping. Like they really want there to be like these minimum capitalization requirements for before foreigners can start doing business in the Philippines. Mm. They don't want foreigners to be able to own land because we can't trust them, Dow, mm. Right? 
And that kind of mindset for me is just unnecessary because at the end of the day, you're really just protecting your interests. You don't want to have to compete mm, with agreed. these people, agreed. right? And agreed. potentially you know lose business. You. Yeah. Mm. Maybe maybe they maybe they aren't much better. Maybe some of maybe. them are just as good or worse. Some of them could be abusive, you know. Maybe. Right. True. Uh, which is a valid point in and of itself. But then, you know, that free movement of capital, that creation of opportunity. Why fight it? You know, let them in mm. and That's trust that the they... Filipinos are good enough. Mm. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And just provide the right opportunities lang si girl. So, when you say that, when you say that, ano lang, just, you know, kanang, what's the term, the right term, the right legal term? Just, what's Just thinking about it. We're just, you know, casually discussing it. Um, what do you think is their motive aside from, you know, personal interests? No. For uh, gatekeeping. Well, especially. no. Mm-hmm. Well, the the thing is, the, the conversations that I'm in is a lot more granular than just like general allusions to all kinds and all manner of business, mm, right? Okay. We're, we're talking about the nitty gritty. What about telecommunications? Isn't that a national security risk? What about transportation? Do we want like foreign vessels plowing our waters regularly? Mm. Right? I, I get what you mean. Right? Okay. So there are legitimate security concerns and you do draw lines. Like every state, every country will draw those lines. Mm. But where the Philippines draws its lines currently, I feel are too far mm. in the direction of protecting and being protective. Like there's there's this there's this one law, it's like the Retail Trade Liberalization Act, and it like requires that to enter into like something like a mall, for example, mm. or like the trading of goods, you have to have capitalization of like two million dollars. I'm like mm. nobody's gonna come and invest in your country if you ask them to put up two million dollars at the outset mm. you know what i mean so th- that these are these are examples of things that are like just uh, too far gone in the way of protection but on that point of starting businesses mm. you yourself are very involved in uh, the startup community in the philippines uh-huh. yeah. right so what makes the philippine startup scene unique from your experience hmm. what makes it unique it's so unique huh or, or what what's what jumps out to you as being interesting about it? Hmm. Um, a lot. I think it's a very young uh, community still. It's we, still in its early phases. By young, I mean it's in its early phases, and I think that's because there there aren't a lot of people. There aren't a lot of entrepreneurs doing entrepreneur related things. You know what I mean. There's a generally small size of people in the population that are interested in business. Mm-hmm. So say, um, say out of a hundred people, only three of, okay, five of them want to be businessmen, right? That's generous, I would say. Yes, right. Very generous. And then, how many of them do you think are tech savvy enough to mm. wanna start a startup? Mm-hmm. Right. Probably one. So that would really dictate how an ecosystem or much much like the Philippine startup ecosystem is, mm-hmm. right? It is young because there are a few people doing mm-hmm. in that sphere. So that's sort of um, my take of the Philippine startup community now. Um, what is unique about it is I think um, even if uh, there's a small number of startup founders... It's interesting to note that they're really globally linked. Like, so if there were like only five, Siguro, the best way to to say this is um, here in Cebu, let's say if there were only five startup founders, most likely the all of these startup founders have linkages 
kanang good linkages jodha abroad by linkage good linkages i mean investors Y combinator like kind of silicon valley they have kanang people that they know outside the philippines that can help them scale their businesses back they're i think because of the government the, the government's effort and as well as the outreach of um other countries that are mature in their startup um enabling efforts um because of these efforts uh startups in our region are more globally linked than ever mm-hmm. and i think this is what is so interesting right like uh they're very well connected and mm. yeah i think that's one thing that i i see in a very important mm. Mm. well the thing that my, my problem with most startup scenes sorry this sounds like a crotchety old man who's like complaining ah oh, youngsters i don't know how oh, not yet doing. not yet <laughs> let's let's hear it let's hear it no i don't know i, I think everyone's so focused on the tech space you know like there's a uh, everyone by everyone you mean well the ideas that i see are like the creation of an app the creation of a web app the creation of a platform right it really has a lot to do about software right and yes that solves problems like the allocation of resources so let's say for example uber is a lot easier than uh, having to hail a taxi right so mm. these these cars that put to better use creates opportunities right and that that's a problem that's all well to do but Uh, my background to say is uh, manufacturing mm-hmm. right like i grew up in a family that was very proudly manufacturing family mm. and so we made things you know like we had a product we sold we didn't sell software as a service we didn't mm. we didn't get you to subscribe to our low monthly package <laughs> subscribe now for 70% off on a three year mm. plan right so that's some that's a, that's an area where i've been trying to challenge myself so that's that's what i that's where i direct my innovative efforts and If you ask people if that counts as a startup, you know, you 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 might get a weird look because nobody's nobody would think like what making stuff? What? No, we make software. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? That doesn't count. You're old. <laughs> eh, eh, um mm. to wit naman. Um I think generally uh when when we say the word startup, the it refers to a group of So sorry, your question is more like um what do I mean like what is the bounds or what are the criteria of what the startup is mm-hmm. uh generally kuancha any um business solution that uh is that that uses tech right? yeah like that that's why we work you know why we work is considered a unicorn why even even if so even if it's like a real because they have an app Yeah. And that um they provide a specific type of network infrastructure that would enable um productivity to happen, adipa. So, yeah. um it's loosely I think it's it depends, right? You can use the word startup to market yourself a certain way, right? To market your business a certain way. Um and in business communities, there isn't a lot of Sige, so if a critic would go after you, you're really a startup, like, ano ba? Um, some people would believe you, some would not. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you want to call yourself a startup and um, employ a technology uh, aspect in, in your operations, mm-hmm. you can be considered a startup. Mm-hmm. And um, some people would say you're not a startup. Mm-hmm. But some people would also say you're a startup. Mm-hmm. Then where do I lie? Um as long as you know you you use technology and you um your business model is super scalable because that's the thing with startups too. 
like your um, growth uh, level is like you can go from one to ten in yeah. a short period of time uh-huh. not 15 years but say three years five years gotcha. that's what distinguishes a startup from a non-startup for me okay mm-hmm. fine you have like a tech solution no to let's say i don't know um food like 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 fa- food panda mm-hmm. um but if your business model isn't uh scalable mm-hmm. or or it's it's not yeah it cannot be replicated in different parts of the world it's not a startup yeah. you get what i mean yeah, yeah i get what you mean i get what you mean mm-hmm. So generally, though, like, what are the kinds of startups that you see coming out of the Philippines? Like, what what what's the general profile of like the idea? Like, are they all software developers, or are they all like all trying to have work that should be done by Western programmers outsourced to them? Or mm. what what kind what kind of businesses do you see generally? Or is there is there even a mold that you could use, or is there no mold at all? I don't want to limit it that way. Um. So if I say that the Philippines in in the Philippines there are a lot of um high quality fintech startups um i don't think that's the which i don't think is the case um i'm not comfortable with doing that like this is our specialization etc um what i'm comfortable saying is um the startups that i've seen succeed are you know fintech related by succeed i mean um get uh millions and billions of uh, dollars worth of funding right Mm -hmm. from investors foreign mm-hmm. investors um why because that's like internet uh you're like uh you pass the international standard for startups mm-hmm. that's how i see when startups get funding from foreign investors mm-hmm. so if that happens then it, there's value in it right gotcha. and most of the value mm-hmm. now is from the fintech sector mm-hmm. uh gcash right paymaya paymongo coins.ph right mm-hmm. so um Fintech, I think, right now is leading in that area, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would want to see in the future are, you know, agricultural-related, sustainability-related uh, startups, right, that would mm-hmm. address serious problems of the population here in the Philippines, mm-hmm. like um, hunger, uh, homelessness, mm-hmm. um, important causes, especially the quality of education. Um, those are the things that I'm hopeful that will you know, pop up. Um, and there's a lot of outsourcing, like BPO work, right? Like, uh, dev hubs, right? Like that, dev yeah, houses. Those are, those are what I refer to when I say the stereotypical ones. The stereotypical ones. Those are the usual types, right? But that's not a very scalable model. So Is I it? don't really... I mean, you get, you get, you get people, it scales perfectly. It scales perfectly until, um, you realize na it functions like the usual outsourcing firm. Yeah. Which is not uh so it has to be innovative. Yeah. Yes, correct. It has to be innovative, it has to be new, it has to keep with the times and and solve the old and the new problems. So blockchain. Oh my god. Okay. (laughs) Magic word. Gone. We're gonna go doge and everything. Um sure, sure. Uh Sort of like I don't know anymore. I was once a believer of blockchain and cryptocurrency, right? The concept of it is really amazing. In fact, like a, I spent. I'm so sorry to say this, but like, I invested in um a cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and I didn't invest in Bitcoin. I invested in a, in a what do you call this? An explainer program, like a. Sorry. Altcoin. Like 
Huh? One of the other coins that's No, no, there. I didn't invest in a coin. I invested in uh, what you call this a program ba, that would teach you that would explain you how it works. <laughs> because I didn't know what to believe anymore. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pay for a course and this course should teach me what cryptocurrency is and how Bitcoin works and how it's powered by the blockchain. Yada, yada. Was it a good course? Sure. <laughs> of course, because I paid for it, right? So <laughs> it's like if I say no, I'm like shooting. No, I don't believe that. But anyway, um, blockchain, yeah, sure. I think it's, uh, it, it's a good philosophy, but do I think it fits the current... Um, world structure i don't think it will environmentally it's, it's very in- irresponsible i think that's one of the things that's one of my large um, objections to it like it's not a responsible way of recording transactions when you have true. like simple alternatives that do the job well enough true right and and don't you think it's a little bit you know, fishy that most of these evangelists rely on shitting on the banks yeah. just to you know uh, turn the tide but what do you think about blockchain, though, in, in general? Like, uh, do you think it's a good idea? And do you think that if we um, uh, consider that as the future, um, will it impact the policies? Mm. Well, blockchain as a concept, as a concept is very, it, 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 it's, it's useful, right? Like, one of the initial ways that blockchain was talked about as like a stock keeping method, right? Mm. You would, it would allow multiple hubs which would have complete information of where ever any stock might have gone, right? It, my problem with it is when it was used for the creation of wealth, right? Like purely on, purely on the basis of holding these coins and trying to exclude other people from the possessions of these coins by buying up as much of it as, it, as there is, right? But blockchain on its own has intrinsic merit, just that it, it's not terribly well used like for example if you were to use blockchain right and make government officials have to receive money that was to be spent for public purposes yeah. in blockchain and it's trackable that way and right? it's trackable and they also have to track where it went and mm. they have to explain mm. everywhere that it went and it's undeniable every time mm. which way it went right that is a use for blockchain that true. i would be very interested to see <laughs> that's true right because suddenly why are the roads so shit it's like oh that's because there was a money transfer to the contractor and then there was this money transfer to this other wallet and we don't know oh wait we Starbucks. yeah it's the brother-in-law of the politician oh we've see? solved it <laughs> yeah that's true right so it can't be that bad but is it like the implication of it when it comes to uh, corruption, right? Um, policy making—is it hard to? Or just transparency in general. That's what mm-hmm. that's what blockchain really achieves, isn't yes, it? Yes, transparency and getting back the trust of the people, right? Yeah. Which the banks have not <laughs> done in in uh, in a millennia. But yeah. I think that's stretching now everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and as much as um innovation is concerned and technology, I think a startup idea is worth pursuing if it truly is scalable. And you have the infrastructure, not just like the network infrastructure, but the monetary, the financial infrastructure in place for your idea to go from one to a hundred. Mm-hmm. And that's why the valuations are super high when it comes to startups. And that's why it's also super low, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, the margin of error, the margin of succeeding and failing is very high yeah, but- and low. Well, my 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 objection is sort of, and this is gonna sound like someone who's like outside looking in and like you know just poo pooing whatever <laughs> someone else considers to be their passion. The startup scene 
stop being so much about innovation like a few years back. Mm, right? Okay. What they do now, what they're more interested in now is transplanting ideas that work to countries that don't have them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like so you see this mad scramble in the Southeast Asia with like Gojek and like Grab and mm. all these other uh ride sharing, ride hailing apps. But they're just templating off what Uber and Lyft did before. So there's really not so much mm. uh really not so much creative thought that's going into there. I would be way more interested in seeing some of the problems that you outline, like solving mm. education. Imagine this pandemic was an opportunity perhaps for us to really democratize education. If someone had come up with a good solution to kids learning at home, mm. then imagine how much easier it might have been mm. for kids to get educated in the Philippines. Mm. You wouldn't have the literacy, bad literacy rates anywhere because people could learn anywhere they wanted to. Mm. But that is not the problem that gets solved. Instead, True. we're trying to solve, oh, what about this good idea that worked abroad? <laughs> Let's try to make it work here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like another grocery, uh, no, or... Um, I'm not saying another nothing Netflix. against yeah another Netflix right with really lower rates. Yeah. Um. What else? I'm not cheating on these ideas, right? But Siguro, I I share the same sentiment that um you also hold. Na there are a lot of useless, <laughs> sorry, not useless man Siguro. Eh? Pero kanang sayang ba no? Like all that brain power should have and all that money, um, spent on research on that particular replica right of an app should be spent in solving um say trash lang trash segregation very important right mm-hmm. if if one app can help solve that which is such a stretch but like if if there's an automate like a system that's enabled by technology right that's a startup in itself right like how do you automate facebook ads and then apply the automation of the facebook ads to automation of trash segregation that's innovation Right, but no one has had enough time to, and I think that's what's confusing about the uh, about capitalism. No, like what is valuable now is what will reap you benefits now. like what's more profitable now. Mm-hmm. You you get what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I I understand what you mean. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, I think that's why we're struggling as a country to churn out startups that are like that, because the monetary value of solving problems related to trash, related to super important, like education, it's not super high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There, there, are, there are some structures that exist now, though, that allow like private interests to be able to tackle these problems that are essentially the tragedy of the commons, right? There, there are things like the Public-Private Partnership Center, which is a government agency that authorizes private entities to enter into service service contracts with the government to solve some mm-hmm. kind of problem that exists provided that there's a budget but uh outside looking in it's just that businessmen don't see the opportunity and regulators also don't see the opportunity like uh this is one of the bones that i have to pick with government officials and regulators in the philippines they're not terribly imaginative so to your point about garbage for example i was recently in a consultation about the law that's going to be passed which bans single-use plastics, mm-hmm. right? So within four years, single-use plastics are going to be completely phased out in the Philippines. That mm-hmm. is the proposed measure. There are multiple House bills pending in Congress mm-hmm. that all reiterate that point, that within four years, complete and total ban. And I'm just thinking to myself, yeah, that's fine. Like, w- you, you want to just ban something. But 
where does the plastic come from, right? It comes from other countries, and we don't make any of our own plastic. Most, uh, the little plastic that we do make is also the raw materials for which are imported from abroad. Mm. All we've done is we've imported the machines, right? The plastic is here for a reason, because poor people cannot afford to buy in bulk, mm. right? That is one of the main reasons why really? we have a lot of plastic. Yeah, I mean, like, even the sachet culture, mm. right? You don't have that anywhere else. Which is so sad, right? Like, yeah. poor people cannot afford enough so they spend for the sachet right they spend more yeah right so it's like a tax on poverty right but we're not interested in solving like a nuanced problem instead let's pass a law that sounds good on paper let's not actually think about the real world implications why do you think that is where does that type of what type of thinking is this number one right like uh where did it come from when did it start or is it worth talking about like the origin of that type of um, well, solving the problem per se, that style of solving a problem. Well, I think say, like we don't really understand the foundations of our liberty very well in the Philippines, right? So this is gonna sound like a really highfalutin, very large problem for some of the listeners, but so bear with me, and I'm gonna make a point. I promise. So, at least in so far as our government is concerned, they see a problem, they pass a law to fix it. Mm-hmm. But the very structure, the very foundation of our government is founded upon this notion that government action is inherently flawed and will inherently is inherently very full of that possibility that that almost certainty that it's going to mess up. And so we structure our society around the possibility of liberty existing in everyone. And we hope that with the exercise of this liberty we will come to make better co- decisions collectively, right? Right? So but we don't we, that doesn't that doesn't come through in our policy making. We don't let people decide for themselves, and mm-hmm. so you have dumb laws like the one which is an outright ban on single-use plastics, right? And so, like whenever people clamor for some kind of intervention, mm-hmm. right? I always think to myself, what is the societal cost of that intervention, mm-hmm. right? I'll give you an example, right? Like the you know the Manila Bay beach, for example. You know mm-hmm. there was a problem. Manila Bay doesn't look very nice. Right, that's a, that's a problem. Yes, it is. It is a relatively minor problem in the scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But you have a regulator who has a choice to not do something versus doing something, and so mm-hmm. someone decides to make a dolomite mm-hmm. simulation of a beach. <laughs> right? If he's merely understood, right, that his task is to facilitate the that Please. people make good decisions mm-hmm. instead of making a decision for the people then maybe a more nuanced solution could have been arrived at. Mm. One that employs incentives to make sure that people don't pollute the water, mm. right? Instead of merely decreeing agreed. that people not pollute the water. Agreed, agreed. Right? I because agree. you, people aren't stupid. Like, if you supply them the tools with the kind, to comply with the kind of behavior that you want and that they will also agree with, then they will comply. Mm, agree. I right? agree with, with this type of thinking. And it reminds me of um, a conversation that I had with with one of the members at the company Mandawe. He also he's a partner, and he's like, a, you know, um, I think foreigners who take interest in Philippine politics and how you know society works here, um, I I think like people who have opinions about it, and you know, and really think about it. I love hearing what their thoughts about it are. And then um, he also said the same thing. Like, um, I asked him, so 
what, what, how do you think we can improve as a country after like a really long conversation about democracy and how I shouldn't be so pessimistic about the future of the Philippines because we're in a very like young democracy right mm -hmm. so he said there's so much you know room for growth and I'm like okay so how do you think we can fast track this process of growth right we can't wait another hundred years right and he was like ah oh, just incentivize um, people to do good and and to make um democratic decisions or to practice democracy in everyday life mm -hmm. that's what he said and like uh the reason why i brought that up is because it's i love that um this has been brought up again and i like that it exists in this podcast right <laughs> and i hope that people who are listening to this podcast will also think of um policy making and and the consequence of their everyday choices ba? like wh what's the cost of it the cost of it is, you know, what is happening to us now, right? A lot of people suffering. A lot of people um, suffering because of poverty, right? Mm -hmm. Don't have a lot of people also not having um, enough opportunities to grow like I was and, and you were able to have, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I guess that's how we paint a picture of our community, right? That's mm -hmm. how we find out what is the state of um, the startup community, what is the state of the co-working spaces or in the Philippine economy or the Philippine business landscape. You look at the people first and you will see the profile there, right? Mm -hmm. Like That's the reality. Like, do we, are we innovative? So how mature is the Philippine um, startup economy or ecosystem? Mm. First, you look at the people inside the region are mm -hmm. there innovative products that are easily made available for people who should be re recipients of it, like targets or who are direct beneficiaries of the innovation? Mm -hmm. None, right? Nothing. You, Gcash, siguro, yeah. Like easier um, transaction. But who, who does that benefit more, right? You, you have to think. So anyway, um, I think that's the most... Um, frustrating part right now when it comes to thinking about these things like what is the state of our country startup ecosystem is it growing how will it thrive mm. you know mm. well so like coming from the background of a lawyer like i have mm. an inherently much more pessimistic view of democracy but like uh, like let me try to nuance that a little bit okay uh democracy is designed for us to not that only the strongest, most prominent consensuses will come to the forefront, right? But the stated purpose of that, like, this is just me trying to synthesize the various structures that exist, mm -hmm. right? In the Philippines? Yeah, and try, and in try to... democracy in general? Democracy in general, but okay. it applies equally with the Philippines. Mm. It's, a, it's trying to create a situation where we're not capable of killing each other and that we must find a way to get along, right? And that premise although inherently pessimistic, is really uh, the best way that you incentivize the goodness in people to come out, right? And, but it necessarily entails that people be bad to each other, right? That they have to suffer the consequences of being dickish or greedy, right? Uh, there are some fundamental precepts of that that I feel are being violated, though. Like, say, for example... Uh, like lawyers in the Philippines are killed, right? Mm. So obviously, there are some fundamental mm. rules of this uh, democratic system that we're all part of that people aren't interested in playing by, mm. right? 
And so that for me is a bigger cause for concern than like larger trends in society. Right? Mm. That for me is uh, a much bigger and more important uh, problem than say the state of garbage collection. Because mm. even on the fundamentals, we don't agree. Right? Even on the fundamentals, like people are entitled to trials, people are entitled mm. to due process. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's something that, uh, frankly, really troubles me. Mm. Right? But as for, you know, the state of society, like, I think, I think we're doing better than a lot of other countries that don't have the same freedoms that we do, okay. even though ostensibly they might have more money. Like, say, for example, China. Mm. Would you really want to live in China over the Philippines? I don't think so. Would you want to eat a... No. I mean... I wouldn't... I'm not going to finish my sentence. Okay, go ahead. Eat a pangolin? What? No. I was going to say eat a bat. <laughs> Make it into sinigang. <laughs> and then it would be like sinibat. Anyway. <laughs> right? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, but while we're on this point of like developing society, let, let's touch a bit about developing ourselves. You came from a background which... Uh, Involves psychology and education, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. And yet and now, social work. and social work, right? Ministry, Jesus's ministry, arguable. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, because we would do like feeding programs too, right? So like that—that that was sort of okay. Go ahead, <laughs> I can feel <laughs> the your opinion regarding this. It's okay. bubbling to the surface. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, what? So you, but you transitioned. You, tra- you changed. Uh, tact, right? You 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 got into marketing. You started becoming more yes. involved in business, mm. right? Things that you didn't know anything about. Like, uh-huh. how did you approach that process of uh, educating yourself? What did you have to learn to get into this field that is so heavily entrenched in the startup community? Hey, that what a loaded question, Remy. Very good. Um, what really? I think it all boils down to um, what is super valuable for me. Like I said, um. On the onset, I love a challenge mm-hmm. and I love stories and people. And if the narrative is just right, mm-hmm. um, I would pursue that. And of course, like novel, um, novel experiences too. So, Siguro, um, I really, I think because it was challenging, all the experiences that have led me this far are challenging enough meaningful enough to me to constitute um, work like me putting in hours and hours of work and hours and hours of learning and unlearning um, what I knew before uh, because of that you know I, then I'm here I guess like uh, yeah mm-hmm. so like but like what disciplines did you because I, I named a few, but, you know, I would like to hear it from you, like, okay. hear straight from the you horse's mean, mouth, you know. Okay, horse, okay. So, um, you're trying, okay, what did I have to learn, right? Yeah. To, um, okay, so first, uh, marketing, right? I had to learn it, but, you know, when you, when, when people say marketing, they, okay, Sige, what's your assumption about marketing or what what do you know about marketing I'm a lawyer you know I don't have to market myself people come to me it's like sir so, officer uh, I've been arrested okay <laughs> but like uh, marketing is a very what do you call this marketing when you hear it when I heard it first um, it was very um, intimidating it was a very intimidating term gotcha were, because um, you know you have CPM CPI CPA etc and then they also have like impressions reach no (laughs) 
customer <laughs> cost per acquisition like how much so you know if you if you run a campaign a marketing campaign you'd have to know like how much did you spend to acquire a customer wow. that's cpa it's impressive that you know that i have to right I mean, because given your background <laughs> it is i don't know maybe it is but um i learned it along the way because mm-hmm. again when i became like a social media poster like a facebook poster person who will social media manager because that's how you sure, make it sound sure. dignified you know but i don't want to sure but i don't want to hype it up a lot but it's like that like i was just posting and while i was posting said um uh posts of course um mr masa would say okay how many people um did we uh, did be uh, sorry how many people became clients because of this post so his questioning sort of like bitano how do i track how do i know how many people and then i would ask why would you want to know how many people um became clients because of this post and then mm-hmm. he would be like oh so that i know how much we spent to get one client mm-hmm. or two clients three clients mm-hmm. so there you have it, cpa so i guess um the whole marketing concept was very simplified for me mm-hmm. na because i was already doing the work and i was learning while i was working mm-hmm. you know and improving and i was also reading sort of like that and then and it's like that for most of the skills that i have now so in terms of you know making projections mm-hmm. um that's a very technical uh yeah that's a very i think it's financial most, projections yeah financial projections projections could be you know i turned on the projector whatever sure <laughs> sure <laughs> whatever makes you anyway so um projections um operations um what else pr uh pr what else marketing sales um what's super important for me the thing that i really value the most is um how my boss and my mentors think they would simplify a concept mm-hmm. so they would say okay you have you're going to be the marketing person or you're going to be the community person and i can go and look up books and books and books and courses upon courses upon courses and um go over all those but i don't have the time in the world because i need to produce results now and i was up for the challenge because i was i didn't have anything better to do and then nothing and I, going on yeah nothing going on <laughs> that i thought was more challenging than what was tinder. presented to me sorry you should get tinder that, you, that'll help things going on i did <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's re- it's recorded oh no but guys anyway, uh, joy goringo no, you may also not, find her on tinder no <laughs> i'm not joy goringo on tinder anyway <laughs> So, uh, sorry. Oh, no. Um, oh, no, no, no. Okay, so that was sort of like the process. They would tell me, okay, these are your tasks, and then um, you're the community manager, Joy. Uh, please build the community. It's super simple. It's this way. Um, the tasks that they would give me are super like like they would say like okay, reach fat, reach out to five influencers or reach out to five. Um, business people that you think would enrich the community that's how they would i know um that's how they would lay out the tasks for me and when they laid out the task that was also painting a picture of what marketing is of what community building is 
mm-hmm. and at the same time while I was doing those tasks I was researching how can I achieve better results mm-hmm. how can I achieve not just better but faster results mm-hmm. so that was how I learned and acquired the skills that I have now right mm-hmm. and um is it kanang is it uh, better compared to getting a degree in in marketing or or uh, I don't know BA business administration per se um I don't think so I don't think so I don't think it's better but mm-hmm. I think in a sense that it's uh way uh, it's fun it's way <laughs> what do you call this um it's a it's an experience that produces a lot of spontaneous activity mm-hmm. and um desirable outcome if mm-hmm. you are guided correctly mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so um that was how i learned um everything and um it's very important to simplify very complex structures in a sense where in a business there are business goals right mm-hmm. so if the goal is to sell more offices or more seats then you think about marketing then you you're gonna say okay what type of method do i use to get more seats what's the most effective so just simplify marketing in that sense ba na connect it to the business goals in the same way that community building is also mm-hmm. okay but uh how do i put it i think this really highlights like a feature so what jumps out to me based on like what your 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 uh talk just now specifically about how you approach the task of learning is how incredibly important it was that someone was there right to distill the task down to its simplest mm. form right that's something personally that i've struggled with mm. right because i don't really so you had mr masa so yeah Ms. Master but masa he wasn't is... there always like he wasn't there all of the time right okay yeah okay okay Yeah, well okay, I'm I'm just making I'm just making one general okay. one. I, I I don't want to discount of course the efforts that you made, no. Uh I'm sure that you worked very hard to go jump into these yeah. fields also. Um Sigur, I just don't want to give the impression that he's a he micromanages. Yeah, gotcha. He, he's not like that. He just gives you like general tasks and then updates every now and again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's an effective mentor, not just a boss. He's an effective uh-huh. mentor as Correct. well. That's Correct. what I'm getting at. Mm. Because me personally, like when I when I jumped into the legal practice, I didn't really find anyone. Well, although there are some lawyers who I definitely respect and I was able to get lots of good advice from. In so far as mentorship was concerned, like I didn't feel that I could find a mentor. And mm. that was like the inherent tension in my own professional life. Like mm. I had to find a path. I had I I would, I, I began looking for someone who mm. could be a teacher. A mentor mm. to me, mm. but I realized there was no one who could teach me what I wanted to do because nobody had done what I wanted to do mm. yet, mm. right? Uh, and so I, I kind of wound up striking it out on my own, mm. right? And so that I think that that talks about like two very different ways of learning. Mine was very blue ocean, mm. you know, very little uh, guidance, very little uh, uh, idea about what worked. Right and nonetheless trying to make it work. Whereas yours was in the context of a business, very results oriented. Uh, you might not know, mm-hmm. and that these are both valid ways of learning mm-hmm. that are do not occur or are not accomplished in a classic classroom setting. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. And a lot of people never become successful because they are unprepared or unwilling to confront those methods of learning. Mm-hmm. Right. That 
approaching a job and taking responsibilities that might not strictly fit your credentials or mm. your abilities, mm. right? And that's always something that always disappointed me about other Filipinos, right? Like mm. they're not, they don't really, they're not really willing to innovate from their position. Agreed. Right? Why do you think that is? What What do you think their motive is? Well, it, it's just that general, I, the general demeanor that Filipinos have towards approaching work, right? I am Filipino and I had that mentality at some point, you know, like work is something where you're given a paycheck and you're supposed to do this repetitive action mm. over and over again. Now that I say it out loud, it might be because you're in manufacturing. Mm. <laughs> But that, that's, uh, that applies to every... I've met people who think that way. Mm-hmm. And I've also been that person when I didn't like my job. Mm-hmm. You know, so probably the thing is, um, a lot of Filipinos have jobs right now that they don't like. You know, that, mm-hmm. that they don't find challenging enough. To have that type of work ethic mm-hmm. or a type of mindset regarding their work mm-hmm. you know what I mean so yeah. it's more like I think um, in terms of their intentions I don't think they should be faulted for it mm-hmm. right um, it's just that their opportunities were very limited mm-hmm. and even if they didn't like their job they had to go ev- go to their job every day do their job every day mm-hmm. And be mechanical about it, right? Mm-hmm. And not have like the same work ethic and drive that you and I both have, mm-hmm. and our love for learning um, mm-hmm. concepts and 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 tasks and skills related to our jobs right now. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we like what we're doing, mm-hmm. and they don't like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like what they're doing, how can they develop an interest for it in the first place when it's just for money making, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I think your role as a policymaker, mm-hmm. as a leader of of um the export, one of the leaders of the export industry, ba, mm-hmm. um, that's where you can move the needle. Needle because you know policymaking, you have the ears of the people who can change, um, opportunities. You know the number of opportunities that come, our way. Mm-hmm. Right, and for me, naman, I think my role in this like thing, like providing more opportunities for people, is um in a simple sense, lang jud, a working space or an office space where we allow business uh businessmen right to start their own ventures mm-hmm. and employ people in, in that sense, oh, flexibly and and at the same time also uh, lower cost I mean, startup so that they can try and they can see uh, this is how the Philippines is so yeah I really like living here enough that I will sacrifice a certain amount of money just to register my you know what I mean so like um, yeah I think that's uh, what's important providing opportunities right mm. Mm. actually that's actually something that, that really struck me about the company like Before I even joined the company, uh, on the early days of my practice when I was still trying to figure things out, I was told about this incredible culture that you guys had, that like the networking was very good and that the atmosphere was Ooh. very productive and that if you wanted to get stuff done, this was the place to do it. And I didn't really understand how a place could have that identity until, of course, we moved in. And I moved in and I understood that it was really joy. Well, not just you, but then also... Uh, your your colleagues, but uh, you particularly brought a very specific energy into this institution with how much effort you'd put into it. And that was always something that impressed me because 
ah, that's the reason why people think this way about this place. That's the reason why people think this way about this company because this person is here, right? Hey. And so much of it became evident to me why people were so defensive of the company uh, when, you know, when it comes to comparing them against other co-working spaces. And that was something that, you know, I wanted to uh, get to illustrate also by having this podcast. Hey. Yeah. But I think we've been talking for over an hour now. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think I think this is a good way. This is a good place to cap the podcast. Joy, thank you for coming on my podcast. Thank you so much, Rami, for having me. And I think, um, yeah, I look forward to the work that you will be doing in the future, and especially these conversations have been really mine my conversation this podcast has been eye-opening and i can imagine like the number of people that will come and be a guest and will also have a similar experience as i like right now i'm super motivated to do my work you know and to do my role and i thank you for giving us this opportunity in this platform yeah and if you want to hear more from joy garingo she has a podcast called the just go to joygaringo.com soon (laughs) and then um yeah of course uh yeah joygaringo.com soon but i haven't really rami you put me on the spot (laughs) sorry but i haven't okay well yeah i'm gonna put i'm gonna call the podcast there thanks so much joy